Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Hidden Truths. And today we have Josh Perron, who is going to address the news that will just deliver today on most TV channels. Hi, Josh, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. So, Josh, the rate of inflation was higher than expected in August, while suggesting that inflation is far from under control. I wouldn't say it's far from under control, but it, it did come in a, a tiny bit hot, and, and it came in a tiny bit hot in the core numbers, not the energy and, and areas. What that means is the market expected it to come in um, negative 0.1, and it came in positive 0.1. And for the reaction we got in the market, it's a little bit overblown. But what essentially is going on is they're saying, the market's saying, well, that gives the Fed the right to pull in a 75 basis point price hike in September. A lot of people had 50 basis points priced in. We here thought always for a while thought it would be 75 basis points. That looks like what they're going to do. There's also a question whether there's increased rate hikes after that meeting. Is there another 50, another 75 in the next meeting? It becomes quite interesting. The dot plots will tell us a lot in the September meeting what their forward thinking is. So do you think the Fed needs to remain aggressive like that? And I mean, you just mentioned there are probably additional rate hikes coming up. Well, Two things. I think that the market reaction today is probably a little bit overblown, but I do think the market has a negative bias to it right now in terms of growth. The inflation is running high. Let's be honest. A lot of what you saw in the inflation numbers is what I'm going to call the European effect. So what you did see, let's go into some detail into the, into the CPI. What you did see is natural gas is still high. Electric, which pushed into elect electricity markets and transport markets. So if you're transporting food, it's still slightly expensive. If you put gas in your car recently, it's down from where it was, but it still costs a lot. I'm still well over $100 to fill up my truck. And prior to the Ukrainian invasion, it was 80, 70 bucks to fill up my trucks. We're still at elevated gas prices. Now that's not part of the core. Gas isn't part of the core, but electricity is, and shelter costs are. Now shelter costs are interesting because the Ford indicators have just shown, just, shown that pricing in the residential market in the U.S. is just starting to roll over. And that's somewhat interesting. When I go to my club, and my club is mainly paid up of people who own real estate, they're still spending a lot of money. That The effects of the stock market and the recession that we're in and the depth of it we're going in hasn't really hit them yet because their real estate still pricing high. That's going to change, and there's going to be a behavioral effect from the essentially kind of a hangover from 08, when these people start seeing their price of their house go down a little bit, the, the first reaction is, is this 08? Wow. And you know we don't think it's 08, but we do think there's a housing price correction. And it could be significant. It could get up to 15%, depending. There is a shortage of shelter in the country. That's why prices have gotten out of whack. But that shelter, going back to where that shelter number in the core should start, you should start seeing that go down. We need to talk about this lag effect of the Fed. When the Fed raises interest rates, the prime rate one way or the other, it has a lagging effect. It doesn't happen instantly. It doesn't get in the markets instantly. It has a lagging effect. It used to be about six months. I would say that's shortened with technology to four months. That means right now, if you believe that the shortened period, 
black period is a little bit less. That first interest rate hike is just getting to the market. So you have another one after that, and then you have what looks like to be another one after that. So those lag effects haven't really hit. So for the Fed to just go massively aggressive and go 50 or 75 in this meeting, and then another 75 and another 50 or whatever they're talking about two meetings out, is somewhat, I would say, fairy tale. The Fed knows that they have the, their main tools blunt and has a lagging effect to it. That being said, Ford interest inflation rate gauges suggest that inflation is rapidly cooling. If you look forward, things look like they're slowing. And could that be that we're going into a very deep recession? We believe that here at Universal Value Advisor. Uh, the cost of debt is going to be an issue as a lot more people now are using their credit cards. Right? They don't have the disposable income they used to have. Or they used to have lots of help from the government, personal loans, auto financing. I mean, this is going to impact a lot of people that use that. That's exactly what the Fed wants. They want interest rates to go up so that you stop spending money. They want to slow the whole thing down. And then what will happen is if they slow everything down, they should be discounting and pricing because there's not enough buyers for those goods. Now, you bring up credit cards. Credit cards are somewhat of a, a problem in my mind. The credit card companies are what you call usury abusers, okay? There's no reason for credit card rates to be plus 25%. That's ridiculous. But our Congress hasn't done anything about that. So why I'm free market system, the fact that we all use credit cards and they charge these exorbitant rates for you to roll balances is a little bit ridiculous considering that the 10-year rate is still under 4%. You know, 25%, I think I saw 30 on one of mine the other day, is, is absorbent. There needs to be some regulation there. What do you say to somebody who's using credit now to stay alive? Well, there's a couple of thoughts here. One, stop spending money, slow down your purchases, live frugally. I think Charlie Munger said that the driving force of America in terms of things isn't greed, it's envy. We envy our neighbor's Ferrari. We envy our neighbor's house. You know, you need to stop that, especially going into a period of slowdown we like. If you remember in 08, if you were very cash heavy, if you were smart and went to cash, you did really well in the following years. I would tell somebody to do that right now. Look to get rid of things, not to hold on to things and, and ride out the cycle. Because in six months, you might be able to get better pricing on the things that you want. I've been telling that to a lot of my friends, like make a list of the things you want, go to cash now, make a list of the things you want, and then purchase them. When people are throwing them at you to get rid of them because they can't make this, this month's mortgage, that's coming. And the Fed is perpetuating that. That's the whole purpose. They have this broad instrument and they're going to slow down the entire economy to deal with what we view was a transitory problem. If you look at supply chains today, they're somewhat fixed, barring there, there's a talk of a rail union strike in this country. But getting back to the European effect, a lot of what we're seeing in the CPI, I would equate to the European effect. And what do I mean by that? When Cherise Port, Louisiana was turned off, and that's the port where we're shipping liquefied natural gas to Europe out of, the prices of natural gas dropped dramatically. When they turned it back on, they went back. What that is, is demand from Europe for natural gas. 
They've also big demand for oil. Now, oil's come from back from a geopolitical shock of 120 all the way back to 85. I would think that it would settle between the 80 and 70 level without geopolitical shocks. Now, if you start getting supply in Europe back from Russia, some of these things will go back down and price more efficiently, which will help the American consumer. If natural gas goes from $8 a unit down back down to five, electricity in this country would go back down to more reasonable prices. If you looked at your electricity bill this month, it's probably on the high side. And what's happening in Europe is also impacting tourism in the United States. And we're speaking about this in the news this morning, saying that Europeans are not traveling as much, right? Of course, we are challenged right now with inflation that they have to deal with on a daily basis, but that impacts travel. So that is impacting tourism revenues everywhere. Airfares are actually hugely inflated and very inflated in the core CPI. Uh, now, I booked, just booked a trip to go take my family to someplace, and I was very shocked at the airfare prices. Now, they should be coming down as inflation eats into everybody's pocket. Vacations should come down, especially in European. But don't forget in the pandemic, what the airlines did was they mothballed a bunch of planes. They just don't have the capacity that they had pre-pandemic. That's one of the reasons that airfare prices are up. I don't see that part of it going away so much. I think airfare will come down somewhat, but I still think there's inflationary pressures there because they lost capacity. It, it costs a lot of money to pull an airplane out back out of, uh, of the desert, so they don't want to do that. On the flip side of that, they do also have pilot shortages. That's what's going on in the medical industry as well. There's nursing shortages. Look, we're an aging society. We still have the people that we once did for all the services. Labor-wise, we would think that we would see some structural inflation. I think I've said this before. That has to go back to our immigration policy. We need to allow immigrants in. I will preface it. We need to know who they are when they come in and where they're going, not just open border policy. For everything you just said here, it reminds us all, it reminds me anyway, that you, you really have to look forward, be far-sighted and not short-sighted. So many people... Don't think about what potentially can happen. And like you mentioned, spend too much money. Don't think about what potentially could happen in the next six or 12 months and find themselves without cash. And then you suddenly find yourself in a reactive mode where it's panic, which is nothing that we want to be experiencing. Of course, it's very scary. So thinking forward, being informed is critical in those times where we are challenged. If we're thinking forward, the Fed is essentially creating an opportunity for long-term investors here at some point. That point is, is somewhat skewed because we don't know exactly what their thinking is right now. That was a past topic of a blog is that they are overly transparent and causing problems in the market that they didn't have to deal with before. And now because of those over-transparent problems, they have to jawbone the market in certain ways so that the bond market doesn't fluctuate back down to minimize the effect that they're trying to get. What we get is almost a propagandic Fed trying to be transparent, but then having to put out a bunch of propaganda to get rates to stay elevated, to get the desired effect of raising rates. I would say that the Fed would needs to go back to a non-transparent model. They need to stop talking to the public as much. Go back to the Greenspan days where 
you know, me as a trader was guessing what he was going to do on the size of this brief. It, it's a big problem. Treasury markets aren't supposed to be volatile. And the transparency has brought in so much volatility that we're getting these kind of effects. Uh, treasury rates blew out today 20, on the front end, 20 basis points. That Prior to 2022, that never occurred in the history of the treasury market. From a societal aspect, we don't want volatility in our treasury markets. We want them to be a very non-volatile market. So I think the Fed needs to reassess their transparency mantra and go back. And some people will say you're putting them back into the periods of chaos, but I disagree. They need to be non-transparent and wreak at rip out the volatility of the treasury market. The treasury market needs to be less volatile. We had a whole podcast about treasury transparency and volatility, but that's playing out today as we're seeing treasury rates move up. Now, how does that react to the stock market? Well, if you have treasury market blowing out to the upside 20 points, the equity market will go the opposite direction every single time. If we have a less volatile treasury market, I think you would see less volatility in the equity market as well. Well, this is where we need people like you because most people are not living this. Every hour of the day, you are in it. You know, most people don't. And it's critical, especially now when there's so much uncertainty, to have the advice of professionals like you who have been doing this for so long, where you can guide people into what to do with their money now, whether they should change their investments or they they sell and get some cash in. This is critical to be guided properly during those times. If you're investing and your your advisor isn't putting you into a defensive position right now, he's not doing you any favors. What they love to do is point at a long-term chart of the equity markets and say they always go up. There's some underlying fundamentals and reason why the equities markets have gone up for so long over long periods of time. But right now is one of those periods. Right now, you're seeing shrinking earnings, increased in rates, a recession. By the way, the Fed has never raised into a recession. So this is essentially a new period, and that's going to cause a deeper recession. Today, you're seeing the markets blow out because this fairy tale thought process that the Fed was going to institute a soft landing all of a sudden is gone. They know that the soft landing effect is not happening. And essentially you're seeing investors run to the sidelines because of risk. Now, institutional managers have been on the sidelines for more than three months. Very smart people that I follow. None of them are telling you go long yet. They're all saying the same thing, that this recession that we are in and that is going deeper because of the Fed's actions, not shallower. My partner will tell you that the Fed is looking backwards and looking at indicators that are backwards looking, not forwards. The four indicators are all so, I don't think in the history of my 30 years and his 60 years, have we seen the four indicators look so bad? That, that should tell you something. I would tell investors that they should look at shorting positions in this environment to make money, but at least have a swath of cash on the sidelines waiting for better opportunity. There's no opportunity in this market. You're seeing that. Anecdotally, I've also seen a lot of real estate agents that I know 
getting on social media and telling you it's a good time to buy. Essentially, what that's telling you is their incomes are going down and they need transactions. It doesn't look like a good time to buy real estate in this market. Pricings look like they're rolling over. Interest rates are high. Affordability is low. I would think that forward-looking real estate prices are some significantly down in six months. Not um, If you're buying a house for your family, you know, completely different thing. But the idea that they're out there telling you that they're not making more real estate is what I always hear. That's a fallacy. Take it with the grain of salt that you're seeing. And when everybody's telling you to buy something, that typically means that the bubble is popping. Well, especially if it's a realtor telling you to buy a home, right? You always have to take it with a grain of salt and come to people like you. Again, thank you. That's great advice, Josh. For those of you who have financial advisors and you're not sure that they're doing the right thing for you at this time, check with them, ask questions. And if you're not happy with the answer, talk to Josh and talk to Bob at Universal Advisors. This is what they do. This is what we've been doing for a long time. And it can really change the outcome of your money in general. So thank you for watching today. If you want to check all our videos and podcasts, visit the Hidden Truths that today, and you'll see everything that we have been recording in the past six months. We are publishing a new video and new podcast every week. Thank you again for watching and see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.